Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's Scripture Reflections. Hi, I'm Colleen Dully, bringing you a quick Inside the Vatican news update. In a Q&A session with Jesuits in Slovakia, Pope Francis revealed that after his colon surgery this summer, some prelates wanted him to die. He also issued a thinly veiled criticism of EWTN, saying that the Catholic network's attacks on him are the work of the devil. America's Vatican correspondent Gerard O'Connell wrote about this story and reported that the Pope had previously confronted an EWTN reporter about the attacks. He's joining us from Rome. Good morning, Jerry. Good afternoon from Rome, Colleen. All right, Jerry, let's get started with this EWTN story. What did the Pope say in his meeting with the Slovak Jesuits? Well, the question was uh, how he dealt with people who expressed suspicion of him. Mm -hmm. It was said that some people consider you as heterodox, some people as orthodox. Uh, How do you deal with people who are suspicious of you? He responded in a strange way. He said, there is, for example, a large Catholic television channel that has no hesitation in continually speaking ill of the Pope. Mm -hmm. Then he says, I personally deserve attacks and insults because I'm a sinner, but the church does not deserve them. They are the work of the devil. He's speaking about the attacks. Mm -hmm. I have also said this to some of them. Got it. We'll unpack that that last comment in a second, but let's talk about kind of the line that the Pope is drawing here because he says he deserves the attacks because he's a sinner, but that the church doesn't deserve them. What do you make of that? He's drawing a distinction between himself, Argentinian, Jorge Mario Bergoglio, Mm -hmm. and he as Pope, as the center of unity and orthodoxy of the Catholic Church. So one is a personal situation, the other is a role, a central role in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And he says, me as an Argentinian so-and-so, you can say what you like. I deserve many criticisms. but." When I'm as Pope, it's a different thing. You're attacking the church because you're attacking the center of unity and orthodoxy in the church. Mm -hmm. And we should say, like, I think there's an important distinction here between those kinds of attacks and, like, the genuine criticism that journalism requires, right? This is, he's drawing a distinction also between attacks and criticisms. He has never objected to criticism, which is given in a good spirit, and raising questions, even how he acts, how he does things. What mm-hmm. he does is reject is the attacks which really seek to diminish his role as the Pope, as mm-hmm. Bishop of Rome, as leader of the Church, which seek to really undermine his credibility mm-hmm. in, in, in the face of the people. Now, when you're a big television channel and you're broadcasting and you're really downsizing, demeaning, really speaking badly about the the leader of the Catholic Church, then this is a different thing as if you're criticizing just some individual who doesn't have a position of this nature. Mm. So 
this comment was widely interpreted to be a reference to EWTN, which is the large American Catholic TV network. They also have a few uh, other publications that are owned by EWTN. So the Catholic News Agency is one. Um, the National Catholic Register newspaper is another. They have a lot of affiliated radio stations. How do we know that the Pope is talking about EWTN? Well, I think he gave us a clue, a very strong clue, when he said at the end of that statement, I have also said this to some of them. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember very well on the trip to Iraq. At the beginning on the, the flight to Iraq, Pope Francis came around to greet each of the journalists. At a certain point, he reached the EWTN reporter and cameraman. And I mm -hmm. think they had the camera on him, in fact, at the time. And they said, one of them said to him, Holy Father, we're from EWTM. We uh, are praying for you. And the Pope said, Ah, perhaps Mother Angelica, the founder of EWTN, in heaven is praying for me. But you stop speaking badly about me. And he said it twice. Mm. Now, what gave me a very clear indication that he was talking about EWTN, because he's used exactly the same phrase in Italian on the plane to Iraq and in Bratislava when he met the Jesuits. Sparlare. It's an Italian word which means to bad mouth, to speak badly, to speak ill of someone. Mm -hmm. On the plane, he told the EWTN, stop speaking badly about me. In uh, Bratislava, he used exactly the same word, sparlare, to speak badly. Mm -hmm. And he said, there is a large Catholic television channel that has no hesitation in continually speaking ill of me. So you and, see, you think that because he used the same word in both of those exchanges, it was definitely a reference to that exchange well, when he said he's told them this before? I mean, what is the key to it is the end of his first sentence, mm -hmm. his first paragraph, when he said, I have also said this to some of them. He's talking about some of the large Catholic television network. Um, Jerry, I want to ask you a little more about this exchange. You were on that flight. Did you see this happen? I didn't actually see it happen. I saw him going to them, but I, I wasn't close enough to hear them. But people who were close told me. Mm -hmm. And I have, as I said, I have three. I've actually got four confirmations of this, and I've double-checked. He's not demonizing a television station as such. He's demonizing the attacks that are being made. And we know those attacks that have been made. They've been publicized a lot. Right, yeah. What struck me, Colleen, if I may say, is that I found it sad that the Pope has to defend himself. EWTN is based in the United States. Cannot the Catholic Bishops' Conference defend the Pope on this? Ever have they come out to defend when they see their attacks on him? Uh, maybe even the Vatican maybe should have intervened. I know at the meeting of the communications... The communications dicastery of, uh, of yes, the Vatican? Yes, the Vatican Department, the Vatican Communications Department. Right. Michael Warsaw, the CEO of EWTN, sits as a consultant on that, on that committee. Yes, and there was questions raised during that meeting, I was told. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's... In a way, it's sad that the Pope has to defend himself. That others aren't coming out to defend him. Yes, and I, I think uh, it, it reflects a level of perhaps frustration within the Pope 
because he gets constant feedbacks that this anchor and that one uh, have said this. Mm-hmm. He's well aware of what's being said and by whom. Yeah, right. I mean, we should just make it clear who we're talking about here. Uh, Raymond Arroyo, who is a host of his own show on EWTN, has this group called the Papal Posse that is basically a group of just four people who are extremely critical of the Pope. And they they get on TV and they they just rag on him, basically. And they interview his top critics. They've brought on Archbishop Vigano. They were big on giving him a platform, especially when he was calling for the Pope to resign. They have brought on Steve Bannon. They've brought on Raymond Burke. So it, it just goes on and on. It's kind of their entire shtick. Well, the, the problem is that this is not a small television with a small audience. Mm-hmm. It's broadcast in many countries. Now, why throw such a cloud of suspicion over the chosen leader of the Catholic Church? What is the purpose? Well, I think that Chris Lamb gets at the purpose really, uh, really well in his book, The Outsider, right? It's that a lot of it was connected to the fact that at the beginning of his papacy, Pope Francis was heavily criticizing unrestrained free market capitalism. And a lot of these folks who had a lot of money and supported the station were opposed to that and wanted to shut him up, basically. The Pope knows that his remarks are going to be published. He feels it's necessary. I mean, the Pope is now 84. He's going on 85. He doesn't stand for re-election. Mm-hmm. He's not courting public opinion. But what he is, his task is to, as the guardian of unity and orthodoxy in the church. And when he says this is the work of the devil, well, what is he talking about? He's often explained the devil is the one who creates division, who creates distrust in the community. And that's what he's talking about. And mm-hmm. this is not in the nature of the gospel. Uh, in this talk with the Jesuits, Pope Francis also talked about other people who would like to see his papacy end uh, right off the bat when some of the Jesuits asked, or one of the Jesuits asked him, how are you doing? The first question, he answered, I'm still alive, even though some people wanted me to die, which I was just like, holy cow, if you're responding to how are you that way, that's that's a pretty bad sign. But he was referring to after his colon surgery this summer, uh, some people had assumed that he was not recovering as well as the official reports were saying, and that they started having meetings preparing for a conclave. He said this to the Jesuits, and I'm wondering if we know any more about that. It was a pretty short comment, but like, who who are these prelates? Are these meetings actually happening? There was a lot of discussion when he went to hospital. It was such a sudden, mm-hmm. unexpected event. Then the information coming from the hospital was very limited, very concise, mm-hmm. with not much detail. And so people began to speculate. Maybe he's really ill. Maybe he's much worse than the doctor. They're not telling us the truth. And so discussion went on. Uh, the question is, here some people are praying for the end of his pontificate. I remember on one trip, which we went with the Pope, he was told of a prelate in the Vatican who said before the trip, talking with another prelate, ah, well, let's hope he doesn't come back. Oh, my God. Now, this morning, Cardinal Parolin at a meeting was asked what he thought about this information. And uh, he said, well, I, I, I don't know anything about it. I was not aware of it. But he said, but the Pope can have information that I do not have. It even came out in the papers that there was discussions about 
it would be the end of the papacy. Who will be the next pope when they're putting out names? I, I think uh, Francis is sensitive to this. I mean, I would be too. And he said, thank God, I'm well. These comments about his demise, they're really centered in the Western world, some in Europe and North America. It's not something you hear in Africa and in Asia. Yeah, so I, I think that these two stories that the Pope shared about EWTN attacking him and then also about these prelates in the Vatican who are looking forward to his next successor, they show us that you know there is quite a strong resistance to Pope Francis, whether inside or outside the Vatican, and that he knows about it and that he's talking about it and that when it does come time for the next conclave, although we don't think that's on the horizon, there will be people who are pushing for somebody who's very different from him. And I think that's important for us to remember for for the future. But as for right now, Pope Francis is pretty healthy. We don't expect a, a conclave anytime soon. And it seems like with the way that he's talking about this, he also doesn't have any intention of letting these comments and attacks get to him. So if you want to read more about the Pope's exchange with the Slovak Jesuits, which was more wide-ranging than this, he covered many issues, uh, we will link to the full transcript of the Pope's conversation with them and to Jerry's report on this in the show notes. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This week's episode was produced and engineered by Maggie Van Dorn. Our executive producer is Sebastian Gomes. For more in-depth and up-to-date coverage, visit americamagazine.org, and you can follow us on Twitter at I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. That's Inside Without the Second I, Vatican Pod. And if you want to support our work here on Inside the Vatican, you can do that by purchasing a digital subscription to America Magazine. You can do that at americamagazine.org slash subscribe. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you next time. Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's scripture reflections.